hear me. Скажи мне, американец, в чем сила? А вы что, собираетесь на ней жениться? Да. Ух, красота-то какая, лепота. Таможня дает добро. И вообще не называй меня, пожалуйста, Вероника. Кто я? Вот кто я? От русские земля, единый быть. Welcome to the Roosevelt's Unite podcast. This is the first one of these that we're doing, so we'll have to see how it goes. So the idea is that we will be watching a film either by a Russian filmmaker or a film that is about Russia. So it might be a Hollywood film, it might be uh, from somewhere else, but it has some connection with Russia. Now, I should begin by um, an acknowledgement a little while back, I recorded a uh, an episode of the podcast Classic Schmassic as a guest. They were very kind to have me on. And I had so much fun doing it that I thought I would like to have my own film podcast. But the thing is, their, um, their structure is so good that I, in some ways, um, having to borrow uh, bits of it or, you know, frankly, just... Uh, steal them but you know what they say about uh, imitation being the sincerest uh, form of flattery so that actually uh, brings me quite neatly onto uh, our guest our my guest using the royal we for some reason um lynn setchell who actually introduced me to uh classic dramatic so it's basically uh, all his fault so lynn hi tell us some stuff Hello. about you I was going to say it's very incestuous. And I yeah. meant that in a podcast way. Yeah, not, not in a literal... Yes. Not in any way a literal way. Yeah, very... Just get that out there. Metaphorical. Good. <laughs> important metaphorical important clarification. <laughs> so, um, what are some things we should know about you, Lynn? Um, I don't have? know. I quite like films, I guess. Okay, that is a good qualification. Hooray. I'm trying to think whether I've seen any Russian films. Yeah. Is it How I Ended the Summer or something? Yeah, I've, I've heard of that, that, but I haven't seen that. I want to see that. Um, I would recommend it. It was good. Okay. Film um, review done. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really getting your money's worth there. Um, so, I mean, beyond, like, films, is there any other sort of Russian stuff that you're um, into? Well, Russian stuff that I'm into? I'm saying this like I don't know. I mean, Lynn and I have been friends for years, so we have talked about this stuff before. Yeah. Anyway. Um... I don't know, it's just quite interesting. You've read some Russian literature. I've read some Russian literature. Not in Russian, and then speaking in Russian. Right, that, like that, yeah, Just get that yeah. clarified. Sure. Um, I don't know, was Karamazov the first? But yeah. I think that was the first Russian book that I finished. Yeah. I think I started a Tolstoy before then. And oh, okay. I was going to say... Resurrection? Like, I think that's right. Okay, yeah, that is Tolstoy. I don't think I've read that, actually. Um, it was quite boring. <laughs> okay. Even ringing, though it was like a third of the length of... Brothers yeah. Karamazov. Brothers Karamazov is much more okay. engaging as a book. Okay. Maybe I should revisit it. Maybe it's so, great now. So this is this is one of the things though in in terms of Russian literature is that often people say you know, well, often sometimes people say are you uh, a Dol- uh, 
Dolstoy, uh, a Dostoevsky or a Tolstoy person, because they're supposedly, you know, diametrically opposed, which I'm not sure that they necessarily are. But so, uh, you know, in your experience, Dostoevsky, good, Tolstoy, sure. Does that make me more point. depressive? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, is Tolstoy meant to be more optimistic? Yeah, I guess in some ways, but he's, I don't know, he, he has his own special stuff going quite, on. They both seem quite redemptive. Mm. There's an element of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're def- well, they're both definitely sort of, I say like this very confidently, uh, drawing heavily on sort of Russian Orthodox thinking, even though they probably take things in different ways. I mean... Tolstoy was famously excommunicated, I think, although I don't know how much that was political stuff. See, I'm, this is way above my pay grade now, talking about <laughs> Russian literature. I'm, I'm just Melvin Bragg. Yeah, now. oh my goodness, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a reference to that that's it's, it's not going to be on the thing, yes, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, um, what is it that uh, you've suggested that we watch? I have suggested that we watch Stalker by... Right. A man whose name I cannot pronounce. Andrei Tarkovsky. Thank you. I was yes. hoping you'd do that. Yeah. Did he also direct Solaris? He did, Another yes. film I have not seen but would like to. Okay. I've not seen the remake either, which has George Clooney in it. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, it does. It does indeed. I'm just looking at your face and wondering yeah. what, how you feel about this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I've seen I've seen both of them. I need to revisit um, Solar, Solaris, the Russian version. Okay. Well, technically both, because it's probably about ten years since I've seen both of them. But um, anyway, I won't go further down that track what do you know already about um, is uh, it set in i think it's set in the chernobyl exclusion zone possibly? not quite because uh, uh this the small reason that um it was filmed in i think 1978 9 i think it oh, came so out 1979 before. so it's pre it is, is pre chernobyl i did not know that um, video games have led me astray okay yeah tell me about the video games um there is a series of video games called Stalker. Yeah. Which I think I might be very wrong here. They're certainly made... I don't know whether they're made by a Russian team. They're certainly made by an Eastern European team. I think so, yeah. Um, that are set in the Chernobyl exclusion zone. Yeah. Um, I think they're very loosely... Yeah. It's sort of inspired vaguely by the film. Yeah. I've um, not I've not played the games. I'm just sort of vaguely aware. the first one. I've okay. played the other two okay. briefly. Yeah. Um, so in these games, you play stalkers, which are people who, in the games anyway, okay. go in to explore the exclusion zone. Sure. Um, and weird stuff happens right. within the zone weird anomalies and mutants and stuff. Okay. And that there's these sort of urban legends that people come back from the reactor or don't come back from the reactor yeah. because they found, like, mystical artefacts and yeah. things of great power and yeah, uh, that kind of thing. That's so. sounding quite similar to, to the film. I, I have seen it. Um, it's a little while ago now. It's probably about you know, two, three years I'm not sure whether to say any more about it right now or whether I should say, like, what are you kind of expecting the film um, to be like? I'm expecting there to be not very much dialogue. I'm expecting it to be visually interesting. Okay. And I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm just imagining that it's lots of people walking through rooms. Yeah. Where, like, stuff happens and then they walk out of the room. That's a different room. That's actually not that far from my, <laughs> my recollection of it. See... I should I should warn you that this this film when I initially tried to watch it I, I stupidly tried to watch it late at night and 
it's quite slow going. Okay. So it was just like, I think the first two or three times I attempted to watch it, I just went, okay, I'm too tired. I cannot be bothered for the level of concentration <laughs> this requires. When I finally got the whole way through it, I was kind of like, huh, that was kind of interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I quite like interesting films. I don't mind slow pace. I'm just trying to think... <laughs> you of... like interesting films as opposed to be somebody who somebody who likes likes boring films. Um, I just mean this <laughs> visually. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, being... Visually interesting films, I guess. Right, um, right. I, t- I'm tra- I, t- I, don't, I don't know, like... I wouldn't say I was like an expert in cinema, either, sure. either English language cinema or foreign cinema. I say a bit of foreign cinema, but okay. like we're talking about the cinema output of the world, right? So I right. haven't really seen much foreign cinema. Yeah, um, but you've seen a fair bit of, this... of stuff that's available, I guess. Yeah, in the UK yeah. Okay. In the UK. Um, but yeah, like I said, I haven't watched much Russian stuff, particularly. Uh, I love the Great Beauty, which is also a film where not that much happens. <laughs> is it a foreign or, film recommendation? Right. Yeah. Where, where's it from? Uh, it's Italian. Okay. It's turning into Italian film cast. That's. Fine. I want to say it's it's fairly recent, twenty thirteen okay. or something. Oh, okay. Um, it's by, directed by oh I can't remember his name, uh, which is sad. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, it's about an old journalist guy who's like okay. rich and boring or whatever, and he's just <laughs> dissatisfied with life. Oh, fair. And enough. it's just a series of like him wandering around. The basic structure is he goes out and does something, and, yeah. then goes, and then it's the evening and he chats to his mates, okay. who he finds a bit boring, maybe, Okay, and he just goes back and does the things. So um, it's kind of a bit and of it's a... brilliant. Okay, so it's kind of a bit of a mood piece rather than a like, yeah. massively plot-packed... There are moments, I think, partly what sort of elevated it for me above Wraithless, apart from the fact that it's beautifully shot. Um, I'm sure Rome is not the kind of city that needs an advert to say, look how beautiful the city is. Yeah, oh, but Rome? Like, is that, is suddenly... that a place that people go? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, there were just elements of it that were a little bit weird that I quite like. like okay. There's a couple of sequences that like verge slightly in sort of magical realism where like it never goes outward like this is crazy fantasy like this wouldn't yeah. happen okay but um there's a whole sequence where they go through like there's a guy that has a load of keys and i can't remember the context as to why they sort of meet him okay um and then they're sort of opening these doors and it's just kind of in the sort of art gallery and then this turns to thing like is this a real place like yeah. is this a real house is this someone's house sure like why why does this guy have keys like why is there you know, gradually gets slightly more fantastical. And but do they don't, they, do just, they don't ever... just fly in the end. Or okay, the, right, right. But, um, um, a guy dies in okay. the first sequence. No one, it's never mentioned. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's one of these films where they don't necessarily tie up all the loose ends and kind of yeah, spell out everything and you exactly. can kind of... It's, like you say, a bit more of a mood piece to an extent. Yeah, like, people do discuss stuff. Yeah. It's not completely without dialogue or exposition. Right. But yeah, I think it's much more of a kind of mood Okay, and I did really enjoy that. Well, you're definitely to use a really hackneyed and horrible <laughs> phrase, adding value there <laughs> with your uh, with your uh, um, um, Italian. Uh, was it called the Great Beauty? The great Beauty. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay, I will definitely add that to the long list of things I should. Think, uh, any other like should... foreign films I've seen that really stayed with me? Yeah. Um, so now it's just turning into foreign film casts. That's fine. Um, poetry was good. That was on the South Korean one, which was distressing. Anyway. Okay. Um, can't, I feel like I can't talk about foreign films that have made an impact of better or less without talking about like Irreversible oh, see I've heard about that the <laughs> only thing I know about mind. that is that somebody gets their head smashed in with a fire extinguisher only, I think it's the only film that I've spoiler alert make. yeah sorry guys uh, um, <laughs> just ruined that for everyone it's, it's, a, it's such a weird film in the sense that 
it's like the only I think it's the only film I've ever watched where I had to stop it halfway through because I just couldn't watch it in one sitting oh, okay. and it's only an hour and a half it's yeah, not yeah. like oh I'm watching Lord of the Rings and it's four hours like, right it's not like a practical yeah, okay like I I cannot watch, watch this I've run out of day I need yeah. to come back <laughs> yeah. rather than like ugh this is getting too much for me yeah know. exactly it's a really hard film to watch yeah um, it's also a really good film yeah. not in like an uplifting or good nice way it's horrible but like it's just a, like, yeah. a, it's an amazing piece of cinema okay yeah um, cinema is yeah. <laughs> sort of art rather than mere entertainment yeah, these, like, if we're going to be yeah, pretentious like, you should probably like it's one of these films you like you should kind of see it even if you hate it yeah like, because okay. it's interesting um, cool but anyway yes so Right. I don't know. It's one of those films also I don't know whether I liked it. What yeah. were we talking about? Russian so films. So Russian Stalker. films. Stalker, which we, we should probably go <laughs> and... No, it's fine, we'll leave it in. Um, so yeah, we should probably go uh, and and watch that. So what we'll do now is... Um, uh, we're probably going to make this a regular feature just to end this section. But um, you may or may not be aware, depending on how you know sort of into Russian culture and stuff you are... But we will be saying the phrase that Yuri Gagarin used when his rocket was taking off, when he was becoming the first man in space. Brezhnev. Br- no. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know anything about Russia. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. He was around, but he wasn't in charge oh, okay. at that point. Oh, I don't know. But, uh, that. but yeah, so, uh, so what, he, what he said uh, was, Payechali, which means Pay- off we go. So Payechali. That's pretty good. Payechali. Payechali. Okay. And this has been bad <laughs> Russian pronunciation. <laughs> okay. On three. One, two, three. Payechali. Payechali. something slightly different this time than what we would normally do it's it's a long enough film that that's actually an interval so we haven't finished we've just got to the end of part one we're about to start part two what we'll do then is i'll just ask lynn to summarize what we've seen so far so away you go uh it opens creepily there's some there's some doors opening i feel like that the aspect ratio change i don't know Mm. I'm not sure either. I don't know whether it felt like briefly it was sort of mm. squarish and now it's like pseudo widescreen. The first 30 odd minutes are all sepia toned. Oh yeah, very much so. Very brown, very sort of dystopian futury. Um, it's really not clear what time period this is set in yeah, or yeah. where this is set. Absolutely. I don't know. And it um, is it is shabtastic. It is shabtastic. Very very shabby. It's almost like slightly camp when the police show up in their sort mm. of like retro future. Mm. Yeah yeah, a little bit. So anyway, what are we doing? So there's a guy uh, who wakes up in bed with his wife. She is very distressed that he is going after some place called the Zone, and she does a lot of very melodramatic acting yes. about how terrible this is, yeah. and how he's a creep and a bastard. Yeah, I might be paraphrasing. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the exact Russian word, but I think that's how it was translated. Um, and then she writhes on the floor. Then she does writhe on the floor quite a lot. Yes. Um, but no alien comes out of her. Yes. <laughs> Yet. Part yes. Two. Yes. Um, um, so, anyway, he goes to a bar. Is yeah. it a bar? It feels like a yeah, bar. Yeah, it's a bar. Yeah, you could say that. 
Drinks are served. Drinks are served. With okay. a guy called Professor. Yep. And a guy called Writer. Yep. How would you describe these two guys? <gasps> okay, you can go... It's boring old men, but older but, men. Yeah. I, just, I missed the bit yeah. where there's an extended sequence of Writer and an attractive young woman oh, yeah. standing by a fancy car outside yes. of this bar. Yeah, yeah. For reasons that are not clear. Yeah. He's being very creepy. He is a bit. He's very creepy. Yeah. He's smoking and kind of touching her arm. Yeah. In a way that she looks uncomfortable about. <laughs> yeah, and she is she is about 20 years, I would say. His oh, yeah. junior, probably 25, yeah. Um, he, and he's just talking about how boring life is. Yeah. It's all to do with triangles. Yes. He's really the Pythagoras of this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like Pythagoras would be keener on triangles. That's mm. a terrible diversion. <laughs> That's um, fine. What were we talking about? Yeah. Anyway, he talks about how yeah. all of life is triangles and therefore yeah. is boring. Yeah. And, and even God's a triangle. And God is a triangle, and therefore God is boring, and yeah. life is boring. Yeah. He, he's pretty, he's pretty uh, not a very happy guy. Um, so he's going on an adventure. Um, so Storkman shows up, the guy that we saw in the opening sequence, mm-hmm. and tells the young woman to go away. She seems annoyed and drives off. And calls him a cretin. <laughs> yes, calls him a cretin. And then writer and Stalker go into the bar, yep. get with Professor... And then all three of them go on what, if you sped it up to sort of double speed, it would yeah. have been a sort of farcical Keystone Cops comedy sequence. And then driving around in a Jeep trying to avoid... Benny, Benny Hill. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, trying to avoid the future police. Yes. Um, okay. Who were trying to... They're hanging around warehouses trying to stop people going into the zone. And there's a train. There is a train. And the train makes the future police open the gates to the zone. Uh, so the three of them sneak through in their jeep. Yeah. Uh, then get off the jeep. Then get on a little mini train. What are those things called? Yeah, it's almost like those, like one of those things that you see in old time movies where there's kind of like the handles, yeah. except it's not. It has except a motor. It has a motor. It's like one of those. But they're all riding on that, and then there's about what felt like about half an hour sequence, but it was probably about yeah, two yeah. minutes, where it's just the back of their heads. Yes. <laughs> it goes up on this train. And then the music, the soundtrack just going. Yeah, and bits of sound coming in. Bits of sound yeah. coming in, like uh, like like wires, like wind in the like wires in the wind, like wires yeah. in the winds. Oh, I'm always feeling like an Elton John song coming yeah. on here. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, that's a diversion we don't. I was thinking about Socrates. Oh, the lives just sound in the wind. Uh, anyway, oh, oh, this, this film was not that much like Bill and Ted. No, no, I think one well, of my favourite films. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to this one, apparently. No, I know. <laughs> okay, so so they they get past they get past the future police, and they're in the zone, them. and suddenly everything in the zone in color. They're in the zone. It's yeah. in color. Um, and what is the zone like? It's kind of like a misty forest. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to know where they filmed this. Was this a film set, or did they just find a place that was like I desolate? Th- I think they just found places just in the Soviet Union because it's big so quite a lot of it is deserted but so there's all kind of run down buildings the stalker guy looks very pleased to be there in the zone and goes and lies down in some yeah. plants it's very green that is it's very green we've gone from very brown to very green yeah um, there's verdant a few, ver, yeah verdant there's a few there's a few grey buildings he goes and lies down then comes back professor seems alright with this whole thing writer seems very sceptical Oh, yeah, he is super not happy with how it's this like is going. Triangles, man. It's still all triangles. 
Again, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just yeah. wants to go and go off and explore and find stuff. But yeah. Stalker is very much like, you don't understand. The zone will eat you up or something. Basically will punish you It'll or punish kill you. you for... It's not entirely clear what it's punishing you for. For transgressing. For, for transgressing something. Not, not being sufficiently respectful of the zonage. Yes. But it, yeah. it seems like it's not clear what that means. I don't know whether some kind of Gnostic thing going on. You, just, you have to know. You have to know what the zone wants yeah, yeah, and yeah. doesn't want. Um, which I guess maybe we'll find out in the second yeah. half because it's not clear. No one has died yet. No one has died. No one has and died. And also, uh, yes, what else has not happened? Zombies. Yeah, no zombies. There's no so zombies, uh, despite the opening feeling like it might turn into a zombie film. Yeah. So I'm expecting the second half there to be zombies. That was going to be that was going to be my next thing. Was um, yeah. What what are your predictions for the second half? So, zombies. Zombies. And the zombies are going to be there because there's a bit that I missed out in the summary yeah, where yeah. they're talking about houses in created about 20 years ago where there was a meteorite or something. Yeah. And there was a group of tourists that were camping there when the zone was created and no one heard from them again yeah zombies uh, <laughs> so uh, who else who's going to die so, writer's going to die uh, I don't know that seems the obvious choice because he's so disrespectful yeah but maybe a professor will die and Just then writer kind of, will feel bad about it yeah and feel like he should have respected the zone he'll come to respect the zone okay uh, but mainly zombies ahoy yeah, I don't think it's going to be, like, a zombie film completely. But you're expecting some... I'm expecting those tourists to come back. They're Chekhov's, weird Chekhov's tourists. Chekhov's tourists. And in a Russian film as well, so <laughs> if they know about Chekhov stuff, it would be them. Okay, I think that's that's pretty good for some predictions. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, sorry, okay, we got some patronising, didn't it? Yeah, oh, well... You're too kind. Okay, uh, I think that's probably yeah, good. Let's let's, uh, let's wrap that up for the moment. But we're not done. Obviously, we've got the next part of the film to watch. So we'll yeah, we won't do the payachli thing again. No, um, I guess we're back in about back an hour and a half. Yeah. So, we are back from the zone. We are back from the zone. And we didn't get devoured by zombies. There were no zombies. No. You're spoiling it. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. We're assuming people have watched the film by now. Or maybe they haven't. But um, but anyway, so let's. that's that's a good place to start, though. Uh, so, besides the um, not being zombies, what's uh, the plot for part two? I think this is almost an unfair question, but give it your best shot. <laughs> Oh yeah, so, we've already established that there's this zone. Yes, we're okay, in the zone. We're in the zone. Increasingly important in the second part. Yeah. Well, this concept that there was a room in this zone. A sub-zone, if you will. Yeah, which you a should... zone within the zone. A zone within the zone. There was a room in the, the zone. The zony of zonies. <laughs> no, I'm just going to ignore that. that. <laughs> anyway, if you enter yeah. this room, 
these honourable grants your heart's desire or your innermost desire, whatever that is. Which is kind of like what you were talking about right at the beginning with the game. Yes, I think that is definitely a concept that they have stolen for the game. Yes. Even though the general structure of the game is quite different, different from the film. I imagine basing a uh, computer game too closely on this film <laughs> would not make for the most exciting game. No, no, it would not. Um, we are walking through some meadows. <laughs> we have to sling some... Uh, I'm spoiling it. You, you, you go. It's fine. Yeah. Um, hijacking your summary so they uh, it turns out that that's what the stalker is leading the writer and the professor to yeah they seem complicit in this they seem to know that that's where they're going even though they've not yeah. really talked about it in the first part so they get to uh, they go through a spooky tunnel yeah that apparently is the worst part of the zone yeah, yeah it's, it's has called a, like... seems to have a lot of skeletons and rags and stuff in it it look bad and there's very crunchy noises as you're going Ooh, through the tunnel. Yes, yeah. there is a lot of crunching going on. Yeah. Um, which is unpleasant. Then there's a sand dune room. Or was that yeah. before the tunnel? No, that was after. That was that after, was after. Tunnel, Which maybe had owls in it. I think when the owls disappeared and one of the guys, oh, the writer starts having an existential crisis yeah. uh, in the sand dune room because apparently he went the wrong way to the sand dune room. Yeah. Oh, this is why it's so hot. It's quite difficult to follow. It is a little bit difficult to follow exactly where because you don't really... Well, you see him go through the tunnel and stuff, but then yeah. the professor and the stalker follow him. And it, it looks like they would go the same way, yeah. but then they end up kind of not going the same yeah, way. Yeah, and they end up at the other end of the room. The other end of the room. It seems like they're having a conversation, like they're right next to each other, and then suddenly you, you know, the camera pans away and they're a long, they're a long way. Yeah, that was a beautifully shot room. That was yeah. really nice. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he's having a crisis about his worth and why people write and... That he's yeah. not really worth anything. Why can't he? His legacy lasts forever, and this kind of thing. And if it's not, then why bother writing it in exactly. the first place? Um, so they get through that, and they get to this room that has a telephone in it, inexplicably. Yeah. yeah. Um, the telephone so rings. Yeah. Uh, the professor picks it up and starts having a mysterious conversation with a guy on the other end, and the professor says, "Oh, you know that secret bunker or whatever that you wanted hidden, bunker four. I found it. I'm there. I'm there right now. Yeah. I've been there. And there's nothing you can do to stop me or something. Yeah. So working at the end went, you're only doing this to take revenge because I slept with your wife 20 years ago. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're finished. Your career's over. Your career is over. Which is confusing because we've not heard yeah. anything about this at yeah. all. Yeah, no. And seemingly neither has the stalker or the writer. Shortly after getting off the phone, the professor starts fiddling with... Uh, a, a metal cylindrical object, object. A cylindrical yeah. metal object um, and they quite reasonably go what's that he says it's a bomb <laughs> it's a 20 kiloton bomb yeah. and it was placed here years ago shortly after the zone was formed because we thought the best thing to do was to destroy the zone but then after people placed it here they thought maybe that's not a good thing to do so they just left it but I'm back and I'm going to use yeah. it and I'm going to destroy the zone because it shouldn't exist and it grants people's wishes and we can't have a thing that just grants people's wishes because that would be bad. It's it's very difficult to summarise because the conversation does go back and forth and people are kind of yelling and um, there's a big f fight over the bomb. There is a big fight over the bomb. Um that's kind of scrappy and a lot like the yeah. war room fight in Doctor Strange. Like, it is a bit like... <laughs> 
There's a dog. We've yes, not, we've, we've not, not touched, touched, talked, talked about it's the dog. It's just following them around the yeah. whole Yeah, well, what kind of dog is it? It's a black dog. I don't really know. It's yeah, not the size no, of an Alsatian, but black. It's kind of like neater and like not quite as bulky, but yeah, very not pointy quite and very, very black. Very, very, very black. It follows them around through most of the film, and no one mentions it until right near the end, which yeah, we'll get to in a minute. We'll get to. Okay, so... So they're in this room, and then they have a fight over the bomb, then... But they're not in the room. They're not in they're the kind of... wish running room. They're yeah. like in the lobby and they yeah. say they're next to the room. Yeah. Because they have a conversation about who is going to go into the room first. Right. And no one wants to go in the room. Um, they talk about a previous stalker called Porcupines. Apparently stalkers don't go in the room. Yeah. For some reason. That's not their job. That's not their job. So Porcupine was a stalker who did go in the room because he killed his brother... Oh, right, it seemed to be, and I might be wrong, that he led his brother into the nasty corridor and his brother died. Yeah. So then there's an act of repentance to try and get his brother back or something. He goes into the room, but the room only grants your innermost desire and his innermost desire was money not to not get his brother back. Despite, yeah. Yeah, he... so even though he went to the room to get his brother back, he didn't get his brother back. Because the room was like, haha, I really know what you're after. Exactly. At least that that's how it's his related. Yes. Because we never see Porcupine. We he never see Porcupine. He's just off-stage. talked about offstage. So, um, anyway, so they're all sitting there and no one goes in the room and yeah. they've had a fight and then they all sit back to back and then there's some rain and the professor takes the bomb apart and just throws it in bits in the water so it's inoperable I guess Uh, so he doesn't destroy it they sit there there's a very long shot of them all just sitting on the floor it's really pretty as the camera slowly pans back yeah yeah Um, and then we're back in sepia town yes Uh, non-zone we're no longer in the zone we're out of the zone in a bar back in the bar back in the sepia bar yeah there is the bartender there is the three of them the right professor and the stalker and the stalker's wife right and she's a bit happier now She's slightly happy as she walks into the bar and you can see just outside the bar their daughter, Monkey, sorry. Yeah. His name has been ruined by... <laughs> he, by, um... Yeah, uh, <laughs> what's, his, what's his face? Johnny Vegas. Yes. Uh, promo- beloved promotional character, yeah. Monkey, which yes, is... non-UK <laughs> listeners are going to have a lot of fun with this one. Just you, YouTube it Yeah, again. find it, Monkey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Vegas. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, this this podcast is not brought to you by the various things that Monkey no, has No, no, we do not endorse. Neither do we condemn. <laughs> Maybe we do condemn. <laughs> we definitely don't if, endorse. If, if anyone would like to sponsor us, oh yeah, Monkey on the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where was I? So we're back in the bar. In. Yes, their daughter is outside. The stalker and his wife's daughter is outside. His name is Monkey. Dog is finally acknowledged. Dog is acknowledged. Finally, someone says. She says, "Where are you? Why is this dog here?" Yeah, we found him in his own, and we let him go. We, yeah, we can just not bring him back. Yeah, um, um, yeah, because we we did discuss during the film whether the dog was because no one referred to it whether it was like somehow a hallucination of the viewer because yes, everyone's just sort of ignoring the dog. Everyone is ignoring the dog, yeah. uh, which is weird. So yes, anyway. turns out Tarkovsky is not having mind games with us with the dog. No, no, they acknowledge the dog then. The stalker, stalker and his wife and Monkey and the dog go for a walk outside. Yeah. It's all colourful again. but it's only, Sort of. Yeah, it's only colourful again when they're focusing on Monkey, who can't walk, apparently because she's a child of a stalker and he's been affected by the zone. Anyway, then they go back to the stalker's apartment. The wife 
Uh, oh no, he's lying on the floor, isn't he? Getting yeah, very distressed yes, he... about how no one believes anything anymore. And um, the writer doesn't believe anything. The physicist professor guy doesn't believe anything. And they've basically like... I don't know, like, the organ that is supposed to believe it doesn't function in them because it doesn't... because they don't use it. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of religious allegory yeah. in this Yeah, oh film, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, which I guess we'll touch upon in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's very distressed. And his wife says, oh, well, why don't I come to the zone with you? Yeah. Like, would that make it better? And he says, no. It would Because work. what if... What if you got there and you didn't believe either? Yeah, what if yeah, you, yeah. Couldn't, it wouldn't work it. for you. Yeah, 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 that would break my heart as well. And then the very end shot is a very long shot of Monkey. But, but before that, there's a massive oh, long soliloquy that she There gives. is a long soliloquy, yes. About how her mum said that he was a loser and that it would be a distressing marriage. To paraphrase. She, yeah, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> and how he but she doesn't regret it because yeah. she knew it would be hard, but without yeah. the hard bits, they wouldn't have had the good bits. Um, and then we jump to Monkey, yeah. it goes colorized, she's sitting at a table. Psychically pushing glasses off the table. Yes. With her mind. Well, she only pushes one off. She, being really she pushes pedantic. three, only one goes off. The yes. Um, the one without anything in it, conveniently. Um, no one wants to clear up the set. Yeah. Yes. But yes, anyway, she's pushing all these glasses with her mind. Yeah, and yeah. Then the film ends. ends. Sure, done. Done. So that's it for the for the summary of the thing, um, but um, yeah, what what did you think of it? I mean, um, um, I liked what did it. you like about it for a start? Oh, it was it was great visually. It was great, apart yeah. from the slightly like weird retro futurist policeman guys. Oh yes, um, yeah. yeah. I thought that chasing was maybe the weakest bit of the film, mm. which is a bit of a shame. Like, I guess they're trying to ramp up the tension and say, like, oh, it's so forbidden, mm. there's Owen. Um, yeah, in terms of tension, that's a point um, I kind of want to want to pick up, is it almost sometimes played like a horror film. There was a sort of horror film dynamic where it would just be kind of ratcheting up the tension, mm. but then no horrific thing happened. Yeah, there wasn't much in the way of kind of, I guess, scare payoff. No, but it, um, it was it was interesting for me. I don't know how much you felt this, but watching it a second time, I obviously knew nothing was going to happen. Like nobody was suddenly going mm. to, you know, have their head ripped off yeah. randomly. But still, like especially going through that tunnel, it was just this creeping dread of like, <gasps> what's going to happen? I was like, I know nothing is going to happen, but they're really signifying. I don't know whether that's just, I don't know, the way one reads films having you know, yeah. watched a lot of films and whether that's not the director's intention I mean, at I was, all. I was being a little bit facetious about the zombies thing. Although it yes. It wouldn't have shocked me had there been zombies. Oh, yeah. I'm but sure what, in other hands, zombies would have turned up. What did surprise me, I think, is that no one died. I was totally yeah. expecting mm. at least one, possibly two of yeah. them to die. Yeah, um, Somehow. Because they yeah. kept going about how dangerous it was and how right, many right. Yeah. Um, and we even, we do see possibly a dead body at one point. Yes. And there's yeah. the whole bone crunching and stuff. And like, yeah. Well, it's not necessarily because we never actually see them look down, do we? No, we don't. But, but it sounds it's very... It's like that it's, yeah, that it is dangerous. Yeah. And they talk about Porcupine's brother dying. In the, in the... In the, in the tunnel. Tunnel yeah. thing. It, which is called like the, the meat mincer or the, the meat, meat grinder. Yes. Um, because that's where everyone dies at this <laughs> tube. Uh, so, yeah. Um, um, yeah, so that was that was interesting. Like it is kind of tense. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say there's like a sort of emotional payoff for that, mm. even if there's not any like visceral. Like, yeah, for it. Yes, yeah, so if you're going to this to kind of like expecting like 
scares or yeah. viscera. It's not that it's not necessarily the choice for no. you. But um, yeah, um, so visually, we mm. agree very good. That sounds <laughs> underselling it, but um, it's kind of interesting the way the the sort of the camera moves because mostly it kind of just crawls around the place. Yeah, there's no like sudden. Uh, the occasional like it swings like from one person from one mm. perspective, but it only does that a couple of times. Yeah, it's quite it is quite slow paced. Like it's yeah. nice. Like all the all the movements quite. Oh, is this is this Gems. slow pace? I mean, it's glacial yeah. all of the time. Yeah. You know, Michael Bay remake. Just, yeah, explosions everywhere. What this film really needed was more things going bang. Yeah, and a lot of very fast camera movements. Yeah. You can't tell what's going on. Yeah. Ugh. Um, oh, dear. Um, uh, um, what did you think of um, of of the sound and, and the soundtrack? Oh, the sound's great. Although, when they're in the zone, I couldn't tell whether it was just degraded tape or whatever mm. they store sounds on. Um <laughs> Sorry, it's my yeah. technical ignorance. Um, because there were bits where it sounded like there was sort of Geiger counter kind of static in the background. Okay, just points. sort of yeah. yeah so when they were first humming. in the zone yeah. and right, and again near the end yeah. of it, I want to say around the kind of fight time. Okay, fight time. You know what I mean? Um, when they're sitting around in the room, there was a sort round of round one fight. Sorry, <laughs> mm. sort of like radiation counter, yeah. kind of static in the background. But I didn't know whether that was just because the it had degraded or whether that was intentionally right. there. Yeah, it's difficult um, to know, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I thought it was very sparse. Was were they playing Ode to Joy at the very end? At the very end, I was like, yeah, massively disordered. No, you were. You, um, I, I, <laughs> well, it was a collective hallucination then, if it was. But like um, the dog. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I I really like um, the sort of the flute that sort of main score that kind of comes in mm. when there is music. It's it's hard to describe. It's it's kind of... And then there's sort of a kind of jangly... I don't know whether it's a, a guitar or whether it's... I'll put it... I'll have to put it on the on I the didn't podcast. really notice all that much, like, of a soundtrack. Yeah. There, like mostly score, there wasn't... I mean, mostly there wasn't score, but there was, there was a few bits where there was... Yeah, there's kind of jangly, a kind of echoey guitar, but with a sort of high... Flute at, at the uh, over the top, kind of quite breathy. I feel like we're so used to films that have very overt yeah. score, yeah, yeah, all the time. Uh, and I know things only wrong with that, but I, it's very it feels very notable when you watch yeah. something that doesn't have that. So that was yeah, that was really interesting. Interesting, kind of dynamically, and in some ways you could say like um, I'm trying to work out what I put in my notes, but the sounds were kind of non-realistic in the in the sense that. That sometimes you'd have like this roaring waterfall that would be drowning everything mm. out, but yet it would still pick out other sounds in there. Yeah, it, it, it felt kind of intentionally unnatural. Yeah, there was an awful lot of dripping sounds. A lot of dripping. There's bits of echoes that sometimes yeah. didn't really seem to match. Like in places yeah. where it was echo, it wasn't echoey, and then it would be yeah. echoey elsewhere. Yeah, or it was like deliberately heightened. I, I don't know whether that's just kind of to, I don't know, add a sort of more make it more like you're there with the characters because you might experience things in a more heightened way, if that makes any sense. I mean, it's certainly just incredibly atmospheric. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when they're in the zone, but also just generally. 
Yeah, but in some ways, it's, it's it almost feels a little bit sort of Emperor's New Clothesy in the sense that it's just it's very drawn out. Hardly anything happens, and then you have these really hard to follow, semi philosophical. I guess they're not even discussions; they're usually sort of arguments or mm. like mini rants. Especially the writer. I mean, what do you make of the kind of the character situation? Um. Yeah, I couldn't... I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at working this out, like working out what the sort of archetypes are, I guess. Mm. I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting, the stalker being a guy who sort of was so concentrated on belief, I guess. Yeah. Um, in... I mean, not so much in God or any kind of higher power, like, but in the zone, like, in, yeah, in the yeah. miracle, as it were. Like, yeah. That these that stuff happened in the zone, that terrible things happened and good things happened, and that yeah. this room could grant wishes and all that kind of thing. Even though, apart from just being a bit weird, you didn't yeah. really... And, of course, monkeys, psychic power at the end, telekinesis yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You didn't really see anything of the happen within the zone. And then you had two people that were sort of... And like faithless, I guess, but yeah, faithless for different different reasons. reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the the writer was incredibly sort of cynical and just like, oh, everything sucks. I mean, yeah, much life more is so eloquently. boring. And like he was looking for something else, but yet re- sort of refused to believe it even when he was there. Yeah, and then he was laying into both of them. I mean, he was quite a disagreeable. You wouldn't want to spend time in his company. Yeah, he was definitely like none of them were really nice, nice guys. But like the physicist and the stalker, you could be like, oh, maybe we'll right time drink with them. Or yeah, whereas right the writer was like, kind of on everyone's yeah, case. Yeah, <laughs> it was like you, physicist. The, basically, the problems in the world are your fault. Everyone should be like me, creative. <laughs> but then also. Creativity is pointless. Yeah, with the creativity, he like con- contradicts himself because he goes off about how, like, oh, you know, people like me are just trying to make ourselves immortal, and then later on, he's talking about how, you know, only what we do has has any worth mm. because we are unselfish. It's like you've just not, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's, it's probably. I'm sure it's deliberately self-contradictory. Yeah. But... The physicist thing was it kind of interesting because you're expecting like. The sort of setup when they're in the bar and talking. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, science and rationality and yeah. and that kind of thing. And then, but that wasn't really his, I think once he was in the zone, that doesn't really feel like that was his problem. That was more like the writer had invented that as being like, yeah. that's going to be his thing, that he's not going to believe these things because, you know, it's yeah. all rational. But he kind of goes in to say, I don't know. Is it is it is it entirely clear why he wants to destroy it? It's like, hard to know because there's no yeah. like. Well, he must believe that there's something true to the whole kind of power, as it were, of the zone. Because yeah, otherwise, because otherwise, why, why, why destroy? Why bother it? Yeah. destroying it? But then, does he believe that, or is he trying to destroy it just to get revenge on this guy yeah. who chose not to, who also happened to sleep with his wife? Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or, or is it because other people believe in it, and he doesn't want people to? to do that to believe that yeah it's um, not it's not clear yeah um, um, and did he want to go it seemed like he didn't really want to go to the room like that yeah whereas his... the writer you kind of thought that initially was his motivation yeah the writer did feel like oh he did want to like to experience yeah. something that was unique or magical or yeah or even or... that would just make his writing better yeah it sounded <laughs> almost like in the beginning I mean maybe I misread this but that he was kind of having writer's block or just you know yeah, was finding it difficult to motivate himself. 
Um, yeah, you talked about the sort of religious. I don't. I don't even know whether to call it allegory, illusion. Yeah, yeah. Iconography. I don't know. Yeah, kind of references. References. Yes. Stuff. 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 Religious That's stuff. as non-committal as we can. Um, as we. You'll probably go. be able to enlighten me more about this. Like I don't know. Um. um don't not know so much about. I don't know. What I mean is, I was think of the Soviet Union and communist China and that kind of thing yeah. as being like very sort of officially atheist. Yeah. And, and really... I mean, sure, not everyone in those societies is an atheist, but what, right. I, what I mean is like, you've got a film that is a sort of big film as it were, that yeah. has a lot of religious content in and like, yeah, you just think of these societies and I'm speaking from a position of ignorance, I know, but as being very like censorous and like mm. why, like yeah. why was this, you know, released? How did they this? get away with it? Yeah, with so much avert. Yeah, I guess in the references. sense that no, nobody, nobody's kind of actively advocating it. I mean, no. in terms of what we're talking about, I mean, there's some kind of really avert stuff. Like there was quite a significant quotation from Revelation. Yeah, like a whole big passage. There's a painting of Christ underneath. Um, um, in addition to those smaller, yeah, like one references. of the things I spotted is almost instantly once they get into zo- the zone, you see a telegraph pole that almost looks like a like a crucifix mm, or like a voided cross, like yeah. Orthodox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, bits and pieces. I mean, they they talk about uh, the stalker when the, his wife's giving the monologue about how her mother didn't approve she describes him as um it's translate it's it, the subtitles kind of miss slightly mistranslate it as kind of being not of this world but the word is um uh, blazhenny which in russian is like i guess it's blessed uh, it's the same as in um uh, you know the saint basil's cathedral mm. um that's saint basil Blazhenny, St. Basil the Blessed. So it's oh, that okay. same So like blessed in a sort of like spiritual... Yeah, yeah. Almost yeah. like mad kind of saint. Yes, well, they, they also mentioned that is... Oh, I think it's... Um, they use the word... I want to say it's Uradivi, which is which tends to be translated into English as, as holy fool. Mm. Um, and so that's a bit of a Russian kind of aesthetic, mystical tradition. I don't know enough about it to go into it in any detail, but that's one of the few things... In this film, that I go, okay, that's a specifically Russian thing that they're referencing. It. There's plenty of things I probably missed, but it um, it didn't seem like there was. It was kind of almost like an incidentally Russian film, mm. almost like there wasn't kind of. It's obviously it's in Russian, but there wasn't stereotypically obvious thing. I mean, you might have a different. No, take it on didn't that. feel. Yeah, apart from that. Yeah, that's right. It was obviously in Russian. Yeah, it didn't. It could have been set. Not anywhere, anywhere necessarily, but certainly many. Yeah, places. it could have been in any, any language. Kind of Northern European, like 
Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's never specific, like, what country it is, as far as I can... No, no, you just yeah. kind of assume it's Russia because it's in Russian. Right, But, right. yeah, there's nothing that makes it... Yeah, unless there's stuff that we're, that we're missing, of course, <laughs> which is always the caveat you have to, you have to put in. Um, so besides the uh, sort of retro future police guys, was there anything <laughs> that you kind of just went, yeah, not um, really buying this... I don't think so particularly. Right near the end, especially when they were just sitting around and there was that long scene of them back to back outside the room. Um, I was thinking, could this... I mean, this is a two and a half hour film. More than two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously you could fit the amount of content that's in it in a lot shorter time. Yeah, probably about half as much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But would that have made it a better film? And I don't know whether it would. And I say that as someone who... I feel like the older I get, the less tolerant I am of overly mm. long films. Less of my life left. Yeah, exactly. How to get on. Um, not it's funny because you'd almost expect it to be the other way because the stereotypical thing about younger people is kind of like, get on with it. Ah! <laughs> you know. Yeah, maybe it is that. It's like, I just feel like, oh, I've got less time now. Like, yeah. I'm going to waste my time with lo- like, I don't mind long films. Yeah. I, just, I just, if they're long, I want them to be long for a reason. And yeah, not like, yeah. Oh, this is an extra, extra half hour. Yeah. And what did that Because add? they couldn't be bothered to cut it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm in two minds because it's, it's one of these, because it is such an acclaimed director, you're kind of wondering, like, on some, some level, am I just respecting it because it's the name? Or, I don't know, it's hard because some of it is, ju- you know, it is really atmosphere building by mm. just kind of lingering on a, on a detail. But at the same time, it's really hard to know what they're getting at. And you're kind of like, am I just being stupid for not picking up on yeah. something that I, I am supposed to? I don't think you could cut very much without really affecting the film. Because mm. I think so much of it is atmospheric. And yeah. Slow and like, but slow for a reason, not yeah. just... It, the scene could have been half the length and it would have said the same thing. Yeah. I don't know, maybe a couple of the monologues could have been a little shorter. I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm advocating cutting out words from a little film film in which there, there are not that many that words. Many. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's funny about that because when it's, you know, there are long spaces of no dialogue, but when they are, there is dialogue. It's very, very dense and hard to hard mm. to follow. I mean, part of it is you're reading subtitles slash, you know, trying to understand of <laughs> a foreign language that you're not necessarily in my case you know as good at, at as you want to be but even in english it's it is quite i don't know kind of ties itself in knots a bit the following the conversation thing is not helped by the fact that and i guess maybe if you're used to listening to the russian it's easier to work out but the fact that most of the dialogue and the dense dialogue is between three men that are of similar ages that sound similar. And, and do look quite <laughs> and look similar. quite similar. And often not very uh, lit. Well, not I don't want to say are not well lit, but they are kind of in shadow. Yeah, they're in like shadow or it's a long shot and you can't really see. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes it's not entirely clear who's speaking. Yeah, the there's time. an awful lot of shots with somebody's head like in the middle of the uh, the middle mm. of the frame, but turned away from you. And it looks great, but yeah. it's not always easy to follow the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't think of many other like films where there's been a scene where like the best scenes are just really slow ones where nothing happens. Yeah, um, Ghost in the Shell is the only thing. That is the thing that sprung to mind. Okay, the anime, not, yeah, not the remake say... that's out very recent. Scene I haven't seen it. No, yeah, I was going to say no. I didn't. I, didn't I imagine it's a scene that got cut because yeah. it was too slow. <laughs> that's a much shorter okay. film. It's not even yeah. half of anything. But near yeah. the end, there's like a sort of fight, but it's in some rain. 
and there's a, there's a bit in it where yeah the, the just the camera whatever just kind of sits there for yeah. a while and not much happens and it's like well usually maybe you should just cut that and make a fancy yeah. but it's like the whole atmosphere of this whole scene would be ruined um and I felt like that about a lot of the scenes the slow scenes in Stalker where yeah I mean, narratively you could have cut a lot of Stalker out yeah but that's not maybe the point of Stalker right right <laughs> so. yeah I mean certainly I thought there was more of that even in the second half because the first half wasn't exactly like rip roaring um, action no uh, but but there was more of the sort of drawn out okay we're gonna this is just kind of pan across the water and you'll see objects underneath mm. it um, there was a lot more of that sort of thing in in the second in the second half. Um, it was we kind of laughed a little bit about the um, uh, the sort of running the border thing. On the other hand, I almost thought I was I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how that played at the time because there was something sort of vaguely kind of crossing the Berlin Wall about that, and you kind of think, oh, is the <laughs> you know risky to put in your in your yeah. in your film? Um, maybe it's just. I'm reading too much into it, or or whether that is a kind of a... There's certainly, like, averting the authorities getting yeah. somewhere where you're not meant to be. Yeah, um, and not doing what you're being told, which, for that film to come out of the Soviet Union is, is a bit surprising. Yeah, it is a bit. And certainly the guards are not overtly identified as being Soviet police or anything. Right. And they're, they're not per- and they're not perceived as being, like, horrible, horrible people. Like, no. N- nobody kind of... Then again, they are shooting at the people as they go, as they go by. They are shooting at the people that go but, by. But, like, they don't execute anyone in cold blood or anything. No, they don't. But you feel like they might if they had the chance. <laughs> and um, there is certainly an implication that they are guarding the zone for, I don't know, for good reason to some extent. Yeah, like um, it's for public safety. Yeah, or... I'm not advocating the police shooting people for public safety. Right. <laughs> without getting political on the <laughs> But, um, yeah. Not but... even a little bit? <laughs> There is, <laughs> uh, yeah, but there is there is a threat, and the guards yeah, yeah, yeah. to go there. Um, yeah. It's not that the border guards are all having a nice lark inside the zone, and it's all brilliant. And yeah, they're just keeping, they're just, away keeping just saving out. for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does um, seem to be. Yeah. It's, a, it's a dangerous place, despite the fact that we never actually see anything dangerous particularly happen. Yes, it's certainly um, perceived to be a dangerous. Place. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're not just sheltering. The, the rich or something and something yeah. Oh, uh, there's one interesting thing. Like, there almost seemed to be like a reference to. Is it you? You're the scientist, uh, <laughs> professor, uh, as the film would say. But you're nice. You're not like him. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't have any. Yeah. Anyway, um, they're talking about. I want to say it's Heisenberg's uncertainty principle right, okay. because they talk about how, like, the stalker says, "No, I don't know what happens." in the zone when nobody's here mm. but I certainly know that when it is here stuff happens I mean I'm totally yeah so I, I don't I didn't know whether that was kind of an allusion to that whether it's kind of bringing that idea in I, I suspect it is bringing that idea in the idea that sort of yes stuff doesn't coalesce collapse yeah sort of wave functions yeah yeah. yeah until things are observed like yeah. it's not it's kind of pointless to yeah. worry about or to even think, yeah. contemplate what happens when you don't observe it. Yeah, so it yeah. changes when it's observed. So anyway, um, yeah, that's kind of basically all all that 
I had that I can actually uh, make make any uh, any sense of. I don't know whether you had any anything else left in uh, in um, in your notes. Have you seen other films by the same director? I imagine this is going to come up in like, yeah, the podcast. Yeah, that was that I was going to certainly. Yeah, um, um, I'm just wondering if the same. It's like thematically similar, but I'm trying to spoil future episodes. Yeah, um, I, off the top of my head. Um, maybe not thematically, but certainly stylistically, I could. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to know when you what you'd say if you didn't know. But definitely, the the sort of lingering on the details is something that he, that he does. Um, I've, I've seen probably about half, yeah, half or so of the films that he's that he's done, and it is quite it is quite distinctive. Um, but yeah, thematically, <laughs> I'd. I'd have to think about it some <laughs> some more. Um, that kind of brings me on to a few questions that I had. Now, normally I would say, we kind of covered this a bit already, but in a way this doesn't really relate all that much to Russia. I would say, you know, is this in- would this be interested to, interesting to somebody who didn't have a particular interest in Russia or Russian culture or whatever, but yeah. Um I think it's a great film. I yeah. used to watch it. I would love to see it on the big screen if I had Oh, absolutely. Chance. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I always feel like films with good, interesting cinematography are much better on the... Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And ones where they are designed to be... I don't be... really care whether it's on the screen or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, I'd say that mostly applies for me to like the bits in the zone. Like, yeah. if it just all been in the style of outside the zone, I don't think I would have cared too much about seeing it. Uh, oh, you mean the kind of the dinge and the, yeah, the dinge yeah. stuff there. Yeah. Well, I, I think a like two and a half plus hour film, <laughs> just all like that, would be a real a real trial. And this is not a not an easy film. Yeah, I mean, it makes it certainly made me want to see more films by yeah. the same guy. Which is going to be my next question. So yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, this is definitely. I think this is the second half of his film because he did. He only did seven. Partly, okay, right. partly because I think he was quite meticulous but also he had often had problems with the with the authorities but yeah so this is sort of I can believe that after seeing (laughs) yeah yeah Andrei Rublyov which is um, I think his second film which is about an icon painter yeah all sorts of problems getting that through (laughs) as I say for reasons we've sort of already discussed um so you said it's a a great film would you necessarily recommend it to people though um I think so. I think that comes to the camera that if if it was someone I knew who just didn't like slow films, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> then then I probably wouldn't. I don't. Know, I think when I'm recommending films to people, I tend to recommend things that I like. <laughs> which well, makes sure. Sense. Yeah. But, um... It wouldn't make sense if you. <laughs> I hated. I hated this, but I think you'll love it. <laughs> uh, what What does that mean? I, know, I guess I'm trying not to make too many assumptions about what films people like unless they're right. someone that I know really well yeah, yeah. Uh, so they tend to recommend ones that I'm just like this is a really interesting bit of cinema you might like it you might not like it yeah but it's something that is I don't know I don't, I don't I hesitate to say important because who am I to judge that something's important to somebody but for me like good film like great f- films that I've been recommended even if I haven't necessarily enjoyed them all that much it's like I appreciate it and this goes for other bits of art I guess oh too, of course yeah, with yeah. just like I didn't realise that things, films could be like this. Yeah. Or like, this is interesting. And interesting is not the same as enjoyable. And I think sometimes oh, no, these I things think... get conflated. Yeah. Like, I did quite enjoy this. 
Yeah. This is not the most fun film I've ever watched. No, no. Um, if it was, then I'd kind of wondering what... I mean, it, sound, it sounds a bit more fun than uh, Irreversible that you were talking about yeah, in the intro. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, I mean, it's not Bill and Ted's actual adventure. Right, you should put that on the poster. More fun than... <laughs> that applies to almost every film Most ever. films. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, not as fun as Bill and Ted. Not as fun as Bill and Ted. Uh, Back um, to the Future, maybe. I think Back to the Future is a better film than Bill and Ted, right? In terms of its craft, craftsmanship. And, yes, and yeah, yeah. I love both of those films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is more fun? I don't know. Maybe yeah. Bill and Ted. It yeah. depends what mood I'm in. Sure. <laughs> We're already slightly off topic. <laughs> so this, so just so much... <laughs> talking about how important those films yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I know what you mean about being reluctant to call something an important film because that does sound unless you or you kind of have the sort of academic or whatever credentials you don't which feel like do which neither of us do. Um, uh, we should say, but it's worth having a look. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. and I think I'm glad I revisited it. And I don't. I think that sort of longer and more invested a film, yeah, sort of investment you have to put into mm. a film. The, like, the more reluctant I would be to recommend to people. Yeah. It's not like, oh, stick this on, it's an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I would want to say, yes. you might like this. Maybe you could, yes. maybe you can turn it off halfway through. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, 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 it, it's kind of like a very much, if you feel like two and a half hours is <laughs> worth investing in something that you might not think is that. Yeah, is that abso- right? absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. I like being introduced to interesting stuff. So yeah. thank you. Well, it's uh, been a, been a pleasure to have you have you on. So, um, I guess that sort of uh, wraps us uh, up for this initial episode. Um, it's been pretty fun. Hopefully, we'll do some more. If you have uh, any uh, any thoughts, I mean, it'd be great to hear from you. If you, uh, especially if you're from a uh, a Russian background, because there's I'm sure things that we missed, uh, and you can um, you can find uh, you can find me on Twitter at. Uh, uh, Russophiles uh, U, uh, so that's, that's the handle, or you can email at uh, uh, unite at gmail.com. Thanks very much for uh, bearing with us this far, and uh, we'll just say Dasvidanya and hopefully see you again. Dasvidanya. Dasvidanya. I hope to see you again. <laughs> Am I doing this right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, uh, Kenyet's podcaster. <laughs> So that's it for this episode, but before I go, I'd like to thank Sasha Ilukovic and the highly skilled migrants for the use of their song Cold in our intro. You can find that song and the rest of their back catalogue on Bandcamp and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a rating at Apple Podcasts or at podchaser.com. That second one, Podchaser, even lets you rate individual episodes, so if this episode particularly stood out to you, you can let other listeners know that you enjoyed it. Recommending the show on social media is hugely helpful as well. If you can spare a moment or two to do that, it would really make my day. Thank you, thank you very much. Speaking of social media, 
please find us and say hi on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can also drop us a line at roosfilesunite at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, take care of yourselves, and bye for now.